Welcome to the Modern Jewish Girl Podcast. I'm Jenna, lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in the holy city of Jerusalem. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. This week's podcast conversation was a really great one, if I say so myself. I speak with Yael Trush, who helps Jewish women and couples to achieve financial clarity and confidence from a Jewish perspective. And I found that publishing it this week was so apropos because this is Parsha's Truma this week when Hashem commands the Jewish people to donate materials, gold, silver, fabric, etc. to the construction of the Mishkan, which was the temple in the desert. Yael and I speak about how everything we have comes from Hashem and the commandment to tithe our money to give away between 10 and 20% of our income after taxes. Um, This mitzvah, which we discuss, is really deeply rooted in this idea that everything we have materially comes from Hashem. We also discuss changing our stories around money. A lot of people have negative relationships with money and and how we kind of change our relationship to money and how we relate to it, increasing our trust in Hashem in the area of finances, and moving from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. Yael also shares some good practical tips for managing money that is based in Jewish wisdom. A bit more about Yael before we begin. Yael is an MBA money coach and host of the award-winning podcast, Jewish Money Matters. Her signature programs, God Wants You to Be Rich and Jewish Money Makeover, have transformed the financial lives of countless Jewish women and couples all over the globe. Her Jewish financial insights have been featured in Real Simple Magazine, Chabad.org, H.com, and numerous podcasts. A native of San Juan, Puerto Rico, Yael currently resides in Houston, Texas with her husband and four children. I really enjoyed speaking with Yael and I hope you'll enjoy listening. Yael, thank you so much for being here and coming on. I'm very excited to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Me too. So I'm very excited to hear about how you kind of got into this space of educating Jewish women on financial matters. And I know a lot of your work is based in Jewish wisdom. So I guess it's kind of a two-part question. I want to hear a bit how you kind of came into this work and then also what you've learned from the Torah about managing personal finances. Sure, sure. So, you know, it's it, the way I came into this work is the way we should always come into any any business, I guess. And I was asking myself the question, like, what is the pain point that I'm here to solve? What had happened is that over the years, writing, blogging, hosting a podcast, giving a lot of speaking engagements all over the world, I had an overarching message that meaning it always, it, everything came down, down to Jewish wisdom and integrating Judaism into our practical life. But I kept asking myself the question, what is the real problem? Because we're physical beings and people don't necessarily Uh, identify with a thirst of the soul, we identify with a physical ailment, right? Like what is really, am I struggling with? So I could see that in my audience were Jewish women. What were they struggling with? They were struggling with one of four things, their marriage, their relationship in terms of marriage, and maybe even their intimacy, their parenting, their relationship with food and their body, and their relationship with money. Mm. I could speak about marriage pretty good. I could speak about 
parenting. I don't know that I want to speak about parenting every single day of my life. I have nothing to say about food and body image. I happen to have had a lot to say about money because number one, I did study this. Like I do have a degree in economics. I did work in investment banking and finance. I do have an MBA, but more than that, I actually had had a lot of personal experience overcoming my own money mindset, my money management skills, despite the fact that I had that whole background. So what I knew that nobody else knew is that in that journey, Judaism had been pivotal, had been instrumental in shaping or in correcting what had been flawed from the get-go and getting me to a better place. So I started to you know, really hone into what was happening in people's lives. And I'm like, oh my goodness, but I have so much to say about that because that was me 10 years ago or five years ago. Like I get, I get that struggle. Mm. And so I started testing it out like anything, right? You start listening to your audience. And the first time that I had a speaking engagement on the topic where I really spoke openly about my own, you know, financial journey, it was like I had hit a raw nerve, like here a pin drop in the room. And then the amount of questions and people who wanted to talk to me afterwards, it was overwhelming. It was like, oh, I get it, God. This is where I need to be helping. Mm-hmm. And that's really how it started. And then, of course, then I went into the writing and the whatever. Um, but then to answer the second part of the question, um, you know, it's it's very interesting because I think we don't realize what now is so obvious to me that Judaism has so much to say about our finances, just as it has just by the same, in the same way that it has so much to do to say about everything else yeah. in our lives, right? It's, it, 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 it's, it's holistic. It informs if, and if, it, and if it's not informing an area of your life, then so, you get a search for something. So there's a disconnect. There can't be a disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, when we talk about Jewish wisdom and money, okay. So there's certain things that are that are embedded in our wisdom on a very practical level. You and I know I'm probably the audience. There's something called giving. There's something called tzedakah. But more than that, sometimes we miss the point and we don't know that there's something more specific that's called miser, that there is a particular way of organizing our money that involves tithing. And that needs to happen in a certain way, right? right. There's also a mindset to what wealth really means and what money really means in our life. That is very, very Jewish. And what we find is that for most of us, as a result of being having been exiled for so many years, we are carrying around actually a very non-Jewish mindset around money mm-hmm. <laughs> and a very negative one at that, that yeah. is really not serving us, right? Yeah. So the, the mindset, then there's something that is fundamental, for example, that uh, a word that you and I are familiar with in Hebrew, bitachon, right? Bitachon, which really is confidence, absolute trust in God. I always tell my students, this is the foundation of every financial system. And we tend to give lip service to it, but we really, this is something that needs to be applied and internalized. And it takes a lot of work. So as we're building our financial systems, this is critical, a critical part of the work. Then there's the importance of peace as a vessel to hold the blessing, like literally the physical blessing of wealth. What does that have to do with anything? Well, most of us are married, right? Even if we're not married, if our relationship with money is not at peace, if it's rocky, something is off. If in our marriage, money is causing tension, that's definitely not the vessel that God needs. So you see how there's so many pieces of Judaism that we might think are completely maybe disconnected. Some are really obvious, like tithing is really obvious, right? But then when you bring it all together, you say, 
oh, there's really a way to think, there's really a way to speak, and there's really a way to behave with my money as a Jewish individual. Wow, you just said so many profound things. Like you said, we live in a physical world and money is, it's a means. I feel like mm-hmm. the Jewish perspective views money as a means. It's, it's bracha that flows down so we can do things with it. You know, we can build mm-hmm. a Jewish home. We can do mitzvot. We're supposed to beautify certain mitzvot based on how much money we have. And of course, then there's tzedakah and giving and miser and, you know, giving 10% at least of your income. And for me, you know, as someone who didn't grow up observant, it was a big learning curve. This just exercising that giving muscle. And, and yes. it's like, no, but this is my money. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, with the bits of home, like, but having that trust, like Hashem in, is trusting this money with me and he's trusting me to do the right thing with it. And he wants me, he's commanded me to give some of it to charity. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to lose out by doing that. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, but it, it takes time to really, like, if you're not used to it, you have to it build It takes time. And it's interesting that you said, because like me, I also came to this later in life to Jewish observance. And what I find from a lot of my audience is like, this is the one thing that we didn't get the curriculum on. Like we got the Shabbos stuff. We got the Kasher stuff. We got the marriage stuff, but the money part was left out. And then what we find is as we're building an adult Jewish life, money is central to everything. It touches each and every one of your relationships including the one with self, the one with self, the one with God, the one with your spouse, the one with your children, the one with your in-laws. So it's really, really important for women to get this. And the other thing about what you just said about giving, right, the mindset, it takes time and it takes work. But when we actually think about you and I who adopted, you know, Jewish observance, we really, really, when we took on Shabbat, for example, right, that is all rooted on bitachon, right? That is all yeah. rooted in trust that God has whatever he has in store for me. It's there. I don't need to put in another ounce of work right now. The work is done. Everything is done, right? Yeah. So it's it's like so we already have it. It's just nourishing it and developing it and take it a step further. So that's why I say we often give it lip service, but bitachon is not something that you can compartmentalize. It's not something right. that you say, okay, God, you're in my life up to this point, but this <laughs> part of my life, I got it. You don't need to be involved, right? No, no, no. It's everything. So I'm saying let's let's really raise the bar on this bitachon tool, because when we do so much of our financial life and our, our approach to finances changes because the emotional attachment is completely different, which means we're already changing the relationship that we have with this physical thing got, called money, which we have a relationship with inevitably. And it should not be like one of these relationships where like, well, it's a necessary evil. I got to have it. No, 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 no. On the contrary, it's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. I better embrace it and I better do it in the best, most beautiful, most amazing way. That's so, that's so nice. And this is very much needed because in general, and I know I've read articles, you know, in Jewish magazines that say, you know, so-and-so is going to Jewish schools and teaching about financial, um, giving financial education, but at least for me growing up, there was zero financial education. Like most of us. Yeah. Most people don't get it. And especially like you said, in the Jewish world, it's so front and center and, and just being an adult money, money comes into everything. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I had such a big shock when I got married to my husband, I'm, I'm the spender of the, of the family. (laughs) Uh, My husband's the saver. And, you know, obviously, and we just had such different ideas about money and how we were were raised. And, you know, you absorb a lot of your family's ideas about money. And 
some of it you don't even realize it's so unconscious. Of course. Like, yeah, you don't, oh, right. A script. And it's a script. And then and then you get married to this person who has completely different ideas about money and how to approach it. And it was really rough in the beginning. Uh, we really <laughs> struggled, but we're, we're in a good place now. I think we both had to come a little bit more toward the middle. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just so important. And it's so important. I mean, there's two pieces to what you just said. The financial literacy piece is critical because again, we have to have the confidence, right? To know, to ask the right questions. If I'm the manager of this wonderful resource, I have to not shy away from taking care of it and knowing what to ask and what to do. So there's that piece that is really, really important that I always like my students to, you know, we got to get literate. We got to understand because we're, we're being called upon by God to take care of this resource. But then the part that you just mentioned about communicating, that is almost even harder for people because like, like you said, like they can't, sometimes we can't even get to the, to the literacy part because we're so not used to talking about money. The emotional charge is so intense. And then you throw, throw that into a marriage and you haven't learned to communicate alone, let alone in a marriage where two people have two different scripts and we don't know how to decode those. And we haven't ever sat down and said, well, what is the money story that we want to build together? Right. I know what you came with. I know what I come with, but there's things here that might not serve us. And there's, you know, and we could create a new story. And that's what I really like my students to get to that place right along with the confidence and the literacy, right. To really be the, the managers, the That's agents. So beautiful. Oh my, I love that. I love that idea of writing a new story. I'm going to, I'm going to, after this, tell my husband, <laughs> okay, we're cutting out what doesn't serve us and we're writing a new story. Exactly. But no, it's amazing. It's amazing. And every couple should be doing it. Um, also just in Jewish life, I feel like things are so expensive, you know, like with the tuition and kosher food, my parents are always saying how expensive kosher food is and whatever, you know, the costs really add up living in, in the Jewish community, I feel like can be more expensive, you know, to live within in the Eruv and, and, you know, new outfits for Pesach, new outfits, whatever, it just can add up so easily having guests and, and serving big meals and all these things are so beautiful, but like it can, you have to really be conscious and aware and, and it's just so important that you're, yeah, and it, and it goes back to, you really have to be nurturing and developing that trust consistently so that right. you don't, we don't get trapped into the this is just too much. This is too expensive. And we step out of that and approach it at, it's such a privilege. This is so incredible that I get to pay tuition, that I get to feed my family kosher food, that I get to have these guests. I'm not saying this process is easy, but it's doable. And we have to, we have to work on getting from that scarcity mindset loop to an abundance mindset loop, because that's really what God wants. God didn't give us, like you said at the beginning of this conversation, this mitzvah so that we couldn't afford them. Like evidently, if he gave them to us, it's because he knows that he'll make it available for us to afford. It's us. We get in the way. God is ready to give. We're the ones who are getting in, in the way. Right. It's, it's like what you were saying earlier about being a, a vessel for the blessing. We have to be mm-hmm. vessels for the blessing. And if we're in a scarce uh, mindset, our vessels are small. And then if yeah. we go into, like, if we can switch over to an abundance mindset, like how you beautifully put it, then we can kind of grow our vessels. And if you think about it, Hashem's infinite. He can give us literally exactly. anything. Exactly. That's exactly right. Hashem is right. infinite. And it goes, again, goes back to that trust. If we really trust in that infinity, we can bypass all the limitations of the natural order. And that's what Jewish life is. You and I are sitting here 
having this conversation because as Yid, as Yidin, as Jews, we've bypassed every single limitation of a natural order. We wouldn't be here yeah. if we, if we, if our existence really operated by natural means. So we yes. know on a certain level that we are plugged to infinity, that everything that we do really is supernatural. Yes. So we have to get this when it comes to our money. That's yes. the challenging part. It's so, so true. I've seen in my own life how different times, and I'm sure you've had this too, you know, where you get money, you don't expect to get, you lose money, you don't expect to lose. And it's all part of like, I don't want to call it a game, but it's all part of this idea of like, okay, I got, I got that ticket. It's frustrating, but I was meant to lose that money. It was decreed Mm -hmm. that I was going to lose that money. And then, oh, I got this like unexpected check. You know, there's always Hashem has a cheshbon, like he has an accounting of, of how much we're supposed to have. And it's just things like that, that are just so beautiful, you know, and, and it's really cool when you, when you start to open your eyes to it. Yeah, that is the key. We have to open our eyes. You know, people say you have to see to believe. No, 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 no. You have to believe to see. Mm. So true. I love that quote. So, okay. So I want to shift a little bit into just a practical, I want to know if you have any Torah based financial tools or tips, you know, based on your cumulative experience in this, in this area that has helped you personally in terms of managing your own finances, something you can share. Absolutely. So, you know, you just mentioned about how you saw that you're giving was, you know, Hashem always gives it back. Right. So I think one of the key principles and things we have to implement. And again, not just to give lip lip service to, but really, really create a system around is tithing. Like most of us can call ourselves givers. I don't think there's anybody who's going to be listening to this conversation who is not a giver. We are givers by nation in nature, but we have to know that as agents of God's money, we have to be meticulous. Like it's not something that we estimate. It's not something that we like there is a system to this. And so what I would say is create the system. And the system is so simple. Really, you just have to have a separate MISER account where all your money, well, where you're 10%, if you're doing 10, 10 to 20% of your income get after tax income gets channeled into and you deploy the money from there. If you want to be extra organized, you keep a spreadsheet, right? So that's something that most of us don't have in place. And it could be really, really easy to put in place. And I can tell you time and time again, it changes people's lives. Mm. The other thing that I would say, and it goes back to whether we're married or not about building a healthy relationship with this resource is setting up time and spaces that are conducive to having conversations about money, whether it be with yourself or with your spouse. If you are married, it is critical that it is with your spouse. I like to call them money dates. You could call them money parties. You call them money fiesta, whatever you want. But, But what I mean by that is that we often give a lot of negative attention to money. There's like a lot of negative yes. energy and it's like constant. It's like, like it's all, it's always there. It's like this thing that is hunting me. And then the email comes in and the electricity, like, like you're always putting out fires. And what I'm saying is no, 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 no. We got to get rid of all that stuff. Set up a time and space in your calendar where you can actually address everything that needs to be addressed. You can give it the focused attention over time. That attention is going to grow to be positive. If you, you know, students who learn with me, learn all the approach and the mindset and how to do this, you know, you don't want to go into your spouse. Let's talk about your retirement account. We've never had a money conversation. That's exactly not how we approach a money date. Okay. There's, there's, there's really best practices in this, but all that to say that we have to be more intentional 
about being the managers, the agents, the fiduciary agents of this resource and not just like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 I did pay that credit, but why did you pay the plumber that much? No, no, no. this is not how we have conversations. This is not how we organize things. Let's come together. And if we're single, single, let's come once a month, twice a month, once a week, whatever it is, 30 minutes to an hour. It doesn't need to be longer than that. What do I have? What do I don't have? Is it aligned with my values? Is it something that's important? What? Yeah, does it advance something that's really essential? It, 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 are my needs not being met? Is something in my family that we want to shine and not happening? And we want to do more, I don't know, we want guests, but it's not really happening. Why? What you like, right? All these things need to be, you have to set the time, like anything that's important, right? We have to set time in our calendars and spaces to talk to our spouses about our children. You can't just have a conversation about your kids, you know, like when you're stress sending an email to your boss, it's going to be a disaster. So that tends to happen with our money. So I would say those things are really, really important. A money date of sorts, regularly scheduled in our calendars and building a tithing system. Thank God we have a MICER account for several years now and it's a game changer. It just makes everything so simple. You know, Mm -hmm. like money comes in, we have an account for savings for tax savings that goes in. And after that, the rest right into the MICER account. So everything's kind of separated. It's much easier to keep track. And um, we actually use a website called Fidelity Charitable, where it's very easy to make tax deductible donations from like a central um, website. So yeah, that's just something I'm going to put out there. Just so yeah, so that's been that's very key for sure. A big game changer. And um, in terms of the money talks, I think that's something we have done in the past, and we need to be better at, but it's so crucial, because you want to feel like you're in control of your money. And I think a lot of the stress comes, not that we're ever fully in control, but we want to be intentional. We don't want to feel like our money is, is just like, being taken away from us. Like I'm thinking as you're talking about like all these random subscriptions I have, I'm like, do I need half of these subscriptions? Like, I just feel like that's a place where like, I'm wasting a lot of money every month. It's not necessary. Like, is that really something I want to be spending money on? You know? So like revisiting everything, it's really good to like make time to do a hash phone, like an accounting of where's all the money going? Is this where we want to be putting our money? And being on the same page about it. And at the right moment, right? You can't communicate when he's about to go to an important (laughs) meeting. You know, like it doesn't, we have to create a routine where, and I think, and people often ask me, well, what if something unexpected comes up? And what I say to that is the more you do these consistently, like regularly uh, scheduled money dates, the less fires are going to be out there to put because- what ends up happening is you're in so in touch with your cash flow, with how things work, with how you allocate your spending, what you're and you're so in tune that something comes up. There are very few things in life that are real emergencies that you have to drop everything and call your husband. We got to talk about this bill right now. Right. If you, again, if you've been cultivating the, the strategy of the, the space and communication, but if not, yeah, everything seems like an emergency and a fire. Right. A hundred percent. It makes sense. Consciousness is empowerment. Like being, yeah, it it really is. It just is. And uh, especially in this area. And like you said, there's a lot of negativity around finances for many people. And and it's something that is so central to our lives, but like, there's this resistance to like addressing it. And I know even for me, like, I don't want to address it. (laughs) Like, I don't want to look at my my credit card bill. You know, it's easier to just hide, but it's really not easier because Mm -hmm just like I've learned this with one of my teachers, Rabbi Gartner, it's not, ultimately it's not easier to live unconsciously. It's much easier to do the work and be conscious 
Yeah. And it's not the Jewish way. Again, God wants us to be active agents. We're not here to be passive agents. We're here to transform the world. And God has given us a pretty powerful resource to do that. He's just waiting for us to get out of ourselves and actually step up and get over our fears and kind and and it actually becomes so much easier, right? Well, it's like anything that we're scared of doing and we feel the resistance, the success is on the other side of that resistance, right? It's just getting over that resistance. Um, and it's almost like God is waiting for us. Like here, there's like, you can do this. You can be an amazing agent and you can manage this. You can do that. It can be a blessing in your life. It doesn't have to be a source of stress. Yeah. That's so amazing. Such a, such a big mindset shift and so positive. And, and I'm so happy you're, you're like putting this out there in the world. It really is so necessary. Um, so, so it's a really good segue because I want to hear a little bit more about the work that you do helping women achieve financial clarity and confidence. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So right now it's actually running right now, but you can access the wait list, but I do run a 10 week group coaching program called God wants you to be rich. And we go from, you know, the mindset to the practical and we get it all done and we get rid of, you know, we edit that money story and we investigate our numbers and then we design our goals based on our values, which is a very important process. And then we build systems and then we can become the managers of those systems. So there's a lot that goes into the work. And because it's in a group setting, there is just so much beauty and benefit because again, now we're breaking that stigma and that silence and that taboo that most of us have grown up with. And we're learning from each other and we're learning to communicate just by being in the course. And so that has a trickle effect into everything. So that's one of the big things that I do. I also have, I also take private coaching clients, mostly women, but most often like to work with couples because I find if you, if, if you're single, that's fine. But if you're married really to, to, for the, for the coaching to be effective, it really takes both of them. Um, and then I have a lot of free things going on. Like I have the podcast Jewish money matters, where we talk about all this stuff and I have great interviews and, you know, I have ask Yael episodes every week where people submit questions and I answer them. I have a free Facebook group for Jewish women called Jewish money matters. And the conversation also happens there. And then I have my Instagram page. So yeah. That's so cool. You're, you're doing all the good stuff. And I love the name Jewish Money Matters. It's so perfect. <laughs> this has been really awesome, y'all. This was amazing. Thank you for what you're doing. I think this is a beautiful platform. And yeah, I invite everybody to come on over to the podcast, ask your questions, DM me on Instagram, happy to help. Um, I know this is, we covered a lot and the, you know, people can have so many questions. I mean, this is like such a broad topic. There's so yes. much that we could just like hone into. So please feel free to ask Um, anything and whatever I don't know, I'll find out for you or I'll send you to the right resource. That's awesome. Thank you. And I'm going to link to, I'll link to all of your links below for everyone who's listening. Thank Thank you so much. much. It's awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share with your family and friends. Be blessed.